Welcome to the Box Jumper Podcast, episode number 12. Uh, yeah, the dirty dozen, I made it. Uh, today is uh, kind of an interesting one. Um, rather than uh, talk purely about uh, fitness and goals and, and that sort of thing, um, I decided that this episode um, I'd actually get together with my friends PJ and Alana, who are the co-hosts of uh, the Night and Day podcast, which if you haven't checked it out already, I, I've mentioned it a couple of times before on, on the show. Um, it's definitely worth uh, checking out, so look them up on all your favorite pa- podcasting platforms. Um, we got together uh, a couple nights ago and just talked about the competition that all three of us uh, had participated in uh, last weekend, or really two weekends ago now at the time that I'm recording this. Um, and it was it was an interesting discussion, um, and more importantly, I think the, the whole premise of several boxes in a community getting together and getting their respective athlete communities together um, to kind of throw down, have some fun, demonstrate their fitness uh, in a friendly but somewhat competitive environment. I mean, you can't help but get the juices flowing a little bit more than you do when you're competing against your frenemy in the box. Um, we have the same sort of thing going on in competition environment. And so the way that this uh, this particular program went was there was a um, uh, the three box owners got together uh, late in the year, decided that they wanted to put together another event, um, and uh, they, they unleashed the registration on their athletes, and boy, did the community step up, and they, they all got together and had an absolutely fantastic time. So the subject of today's episode is uh, just myself, Alana, and PJ talking about what the experience was like, um, what, uh, what we liked about the event. Um, what some of the challenges were, what were some of the things that we experienced as athletes, as spectators, um, as uh, in my case and in PJ's case, we were helping uh, organize and run the event uh, while the, the day was going on. So there were, there were a lot of different things that we had going on at once, and it was, uh, it was a busy day, a fun day, an exhausting day. And so our, our episode today is PJ, Alana, and I getting together to recap the Battle of the Basin. So we're only we're only a week, uh, well, just barely over a week since mm-hmm. uh, the little community CrossFit competition that we had here in Bedford. Yep, um, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I've, you know, one of the things that I promised when we were at the event, uh, since I was one of the sponsors, and I figured, <laughs> eh, I'll, instead of promoting my marketing business and my day job, I'll promote the thing that I don't make any money on. <laughs> so I'm there talking about the podcast. Um, but I, I did mention the idea that I thought it would be kind of cool if we got our respective podcast asses together and, and talked about the competition, totally. talked about mm-hmm. what it was like and everything that went on. So first off, I guess to, to get people caught up on what the event really was, yep. you know, um, there, there's probably some listeners that don't have an idea. So what happened last weekend was three boxes uh, all in Bedford, Nova Scotia, which is, a, you know, it's a town of, what do we have, like 30,000-ish? You know, we're a suburb of Halifax, so we're, we're yep. part of a greater metropolitan area that has more like 250,000. Yep. Um, but the, you know, the Bedford proper is, is a kind of bedroom community just outside Halifax, and we have three CrossFit gyms here. Um, two on one end of town and one on the other end of town. Um, and all three of us are athletes at the one on the other end of town. Right. <laughs> We're the kids across the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the, the three communities, um, the, the box owners got together and, and uh, decided um, that they would put on a, a little three-way competition. Now, they, they did this last year, and last year uh, it was a slightly smaller affair, um, the box owners were only kind of peripherally involved because there was a there was a third party that was doing um, chiefly responsible for the organization and just kind of wrangling them in. Yeah. Um, and then this year, um, Rob O'Brien, one of the owners at Osprey, um, kind of took the lead and got together with the other box owners and threw some ideas uh, on the board to see what would stick. And they agreed that they'd like to see it happen again. Absolutely. Um, and it was cool because the the CrossFit community in Bedford is. You know, it's not a huge town. We all kind of know each other. We mm-hmm. know certainly of each of the boxes. And, and the boxes have, like, 
often happens in a small community when one box starts and then another one starts and another one starts. They have overlapping communities. There's sure. people right. that, that wind up moving to another box because mm-hmm. they know somebody else there or yep. they know the owner or they or they um, they happen to live closer to one versus the other. Right. So there's a lot of cross-pollination between the three boxes. In there's been a lot of shuffle lately too as well. Yeah. I think uh, you know when you look in the community around, and we certainly know a lot of the other athletes at other, other boxes from – our hockey family and stuff like that, extended family through other stuff. Um, there's been a lot of shuffling lately. There's a lot of people that were at one and have since moved to another. But the great thing about that is, same as every uh, CrossFit box, is that that community is welcomes everybody in. And, yeah. And certainly, uh, yeah, it's been a lot, it's been a lot of fun. And, and of course, seeing those people on a consistent basis, we all know each other. We all compete well together. Um, yeah. We all poke fun at each other. Um, it's a good it's a good time. So out of that grouping of the three boxes getting together the battle of the basin kind of came back or at least was i guess we renamed it Cut, so. yeah yeah it wound up with a different name um in part because like last year it was called the bedford classic and yep. and as this year was approaching and i was asking the the box owners so is this event going to happen again mm-hmm. um uh, you know i don't think the box owners realized that there was a, a massive basketball tournament in mm-hmm. uh, in bedford called the bedford classic that's right. been going on for 25 years right uh, and so for us basketball parents, myself among them, it caused a degree of con- uh, of confusion when <laughs> when there yeah. was another event around the same time of year because the Bedford yeah. Classic Basketball Tournament's in March yeah. uh, or end of February, early March. Yeah. Uh, so I suggested, hey, you know, why don't you create like a branded thing for mm-hmm. this? And yeah. so the I think the box owners got together, threw some ideas around, and I think mm-hmm. Rob actually came up with the, the Battle of the Basin and mm-hmm. ran it by me and... Of course, that that's a very visually uh, provocative kind of name. Yeah. So um, I immediately had some ideas, and they said, yeah, "Go nuts!" <laughs> so. yeah. Exactly as we as they all do, and as as certainly at Osprey, we can attest to the fact that you know John has an idea, just run with it, dude, and come up with yeah. something cool, and it always looks good. And um, yeah, like the logo is phenomenal. You know, we've got a. Uh, we'll, we'll, if you haven't seen it, we'll post it up. But uh, you know, the Battle of the Basin—it's uh, a kettlebell uh, with a big uh, what would we call tall it? Ship. Pirate ship, Pirate tall ship, ship. Um, yep. shooting cannons, and they're shooting kettlebells out of the cannons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a great looking logo. Um, John did an awesome job. So um, kudos to you. Um, and uh, yeah, so the the event went really well. Um, from all of the people that I've talked to <laughs> yeah. since the event. Everybody has had super great feedback. A um, couple of people even you know, texted Rob as the sort of the, the main uh, box owner organizer um, and said lots of great things about it. So um, it's good. Keep, we'll keep it rolling, I'm sure, for another couple of years. Yeah, it ran really smoothly. I mean, the mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the boxes did a good, good job in each uh, instance of keeping us on schedule. Um, the programming, yeah. the programming and the way that the heats were designed, I think, had something to do with that yeah. for sure. Um, and you know, um, uh, Mike Malloy and myself were, were acting as MCs. PJ, you were um, doing DJ duty uh, at, uh, at two of the locations. Yep. And you know that that kept things moving along and kept everybody kind of aware of where they needed to be when. So yeah. mm-hmm. you know that certainly helped. It was great. Um, and it was nice because each of the boxes um, were able to do some programming that kind of played to the strength and, and the atmosphere within their box too. Yeah, and, and use, I, use their equipment well. Right. That's what I was going to say. Is that you know each of the boxes in its in its overall design and and the demographic or the, not the demographic the geography of their building yeah. is different in all three locations and. To be honest, the event that went off at CrossFit Basin View could not have been done at Bar Down right. just based off of sheer size and and you know mm. access to to, to um, equipment and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, it was smart of them to kind of design those that way. And in speaking to that, let's let's kind of go through a quick review of all three workouts. Alana and you and John certainly participated. John unfortunately backed yeah. out at one point when he hurt himself, but um, but you guys started off so. First workout was at CrossFit Bar Down, um, and that workout in they called it the Joker. I think mm-hmm. isn't an actual. I think it wad? must be. I've done it before, okay. so it, it it felt pretty familiar, but uh, I, I didn't remember the name of it at the right. time when mm-hmm. it came up. And so it was called the Joker, or they called it the Joker, and it started off with one toes to bar and ten deadlifts, and two then... toes to bar, nine deadlifts. Right. 
So cycling all the way down. One goes down, one goes up. Um, so, and you had nine minutes to complete it? So what, what was it like? I was watching it as a spectator. It looked pretty, it was exciting to watch. What did you guys feel like? It was frenetic. The, like the pace was, was quick. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I was in the first or second heat of the, um, masters guys. And, um, so a, a tempo hadn't yet been set. So that took a little bit of the pressure off yeah. seeing the, the heat's after me go I feel like I should have gone even faster <laughs> I'm not sure that would have been a good idea though because I did hurt my back on on the deadlifts yeah. um, we, the strange thing is it's a super lightweight for me at least when I'm healthy yeah but because I went into it with an injured back to begin with I, I was deliberately slowing down and yeah. so I thought I was being safe and then just one deadlift I think in the eighth or ninth round or something like that and I just knew it didn't feel quite right yeah. so I think I looked over at that I was able moment, to finish but I, I looked didn't over like how it like, felt oh it just didn't yeah. feel good and then you got up on the bar did a couple of did a couple of uh, was toes to bar and I was just yeah. like eh, you just don't look 100% and then yeah. you came down off the bar I yelled at you get back up on that bar but anyway I think it, your back I remember. was like <laughs> I can't do that and what were your thoughts you were in a you were in a pretty tough heat. Just, Slightly. There were some, some tough ladies in that heat. Beasts mm. in that category. So I think Courtney finished your guys' heat with, like, she finished the whole thing top of the pack. Oh, yeah. she definitely did. I was, I don't know where I was in the workout, but I remember looking over and she's signing her paper. I'm like, <laughs> oh my yeah. God, I have got to speed up. But I just, I did my thing yeah. as I do. I don't, I don't have game. Yeah. And I just... I had a plan and I stuck to the plan and it worked out. Yeah. I was pretty happy. There was a guy from Bardown that finished the the scaled men's heat in like two and a half minutes. Yeah, it was quick. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Well, the, and the scale, the weights were pretty light and that's where yeah. you, you kind of trick yourself into thinking, you know, that it's going to be yeah, super go fast to the wall, but Yeah, but um, for the master's weights, it definitely was lighter than what we're used to doing in yeah. a workout, but... Yeah, it was one one eighty five, one thirty five. Yeah. yeah. So very, but grip, very grip intensive. It was and a, yeah, tough grippy on your back. Yeah. I think the whole weekend was for you guys, or the whole day, I guess, with all of the wads. When you look at them all, certainly through one and two. Back. Yeah, Gripping and we'll talk a little bit more about the one at Basin View here in a second. But overall, you guys felt as though that workout tested you quite well. Um, you all kind of came out of it. I really yeah. like that work. It was yeah. a, it was a good challenge, and yeah. and you know it was it was one that I think kind of played to um, different strengths in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Like yeah. somebody that somebody that has really great deadlifts doesn't necessarily doesn't automatically necessarily have great gymnastic work, and vice mm -hmm. versa. So yeah. you know it, it was something that I think was programmed to be fairly even handed yep. in how yeah. it was uh, in how it was being delivered to the athletes. For it was sure. surprising to see some people not like not struggle, but not do as well as you would expect them to. And then to see others fly through it and do totally it really well, it. you're yeah. like, wow. So yeah. I, that I like that kind of a workout where you can't really say, yeah, that person's going to take this because it's a, uh, you know. The combo of, of deadlifts and toes to bar is a tricky one because even though, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's grip intensive, but I found more than anything, it was, it's a, it's a movement combination where you're holding your breath for, good yeah. chunks you right. know like you don't think about it but in toes to bar you're holding your breath for each rep to to get that tension through the core yeah. and it's like that for the deadlifts as well mm -hmm. and if you're if you're cycling those deadlifts pretty quick you're not getting a hell of a lot of air in mm -hmm. so you do find that your heart rate spikes your respiratory rate winds up being taxed pretty heavily yeah. so i for me it was it was more tiring from that it wasn't physical exertion necessarily it was just that i my heart rate and my respiratory rate was so high yeah. that i didn't really recover in between reps yeah. and so i started to to fade yeah so maybe that's on. why i did well because I, think, I often hold my breath yeah like, that's true i have a tough mm -hmm. time the ability remembering to... to breathe so i will often hold my breath and so i didn't mm -hmm. i didn't find it taxing in that way right you can work a little bit better anaerobically because you yeah. tend to have a... Which is not a good thing. That's not a strategy to anybody. <laughs> should be yeah. like, I'm going to start holding my breath yeah. and work it. Because no. <laughs> sometimes it does work against you. But, the, but for me, grip was... That's my weakness. Yeah. And I've that's the thing that... Every competition, I think you take away something that you want to work on. And for me, it's my grip. So I'm forcing myself to use some of the bars at 
the gym that are a little bit slippery than old rusty. I'm not using old rusty anymore. I'm going to work <laughs> on my grip and try to strengthen that. Yeah. Um, cause you never know when you're going to another box, what the equipment is going right. to be like. True. Yeah. You might not have a good rusty grippy bar, yeah. which I didn't, <clears throat> but it's still, it works. But I, way. watching <clears throat> you, you attacked it the right way from how I expected you to. I, I didn't know what your strategy was going to be going in, but watching you go through it and to, you know, doing a little bit of a video mm -hmm. when you got towards needing to do more toes to bar um, I was like five reps, you know, it was one on the bar and you were on a bar that was low enough that you'd literally yeah. just stand there, reach up, grab it and do a toes to bar. Mm -hmm. So it was one, one way, then one, the other, then one, yeah. one way, then one, the other. I had different scenarios depending on where I got, like I knew they had high bars yeah. and so I would have to string them together cause it would take too much time yeah. if I didn't, right. yeah. if I had a low bar and the first low bar, the one that was facing the crowd was really slippery and just terrible and then i thought well i'm just going to use the one on the side and i moved my barbell over and had a different kind of path um but it worked. so that worked yeah it worked well <clears throat> i yelled at you anyway i was like get up on that bar <laughs> i heard you yeah, keep no. going yeah you gotta you know maybe that's that's support team right yeah, yeah. I, I don't i'm usually pretty good at just go just keep moving yes through something like that i am not we are not <laughs> We like to take you breaks. You take a break. But even the people who take breaks still get ahead of me. And I'm like, God, how does that happen? <laughs> yeah, I may, but then again, maybe it speaks to the idea of allowing your body a, a minute to just kind of recoup. And just Mentally enough to for me, though, as soon as I break, yeah, I know, then I start to right. break more, yeah. like with wall balls. Yeah. If I break up a set, as soon as I make that break, then I'm... I'm yeah, my challenge is not that. to let the breaks get longer as as time goes on. It's too. tempting. So I, I've been <laughs> I've been trying. I mean, <laughs> not that I'm comparing myself to Rich Froning in any way, <laughs> but I am aware, um, or at least through through the YouTube sphere out there, yeah. that that he times his breaks. He will when he takes a break, it's two breaths and he goes again. Right mm -hmm. now, I can't recover in two breaths. No. but the thought process of controlling those breaks and making mm -hmm. those measurable elements of the workout right. is a solid strategy right. for, yes. for yeah. moving yourself through yep. a workout. Totally. So I mm -hmm. try to adopt that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I figure if my first break requires a certain amount of time, I just, I know that that's the minimum it's ever going to need, mm -hmm. but I don't want to get it longer than that. Right. So I, I try to, I count in my head when I'm taking a break and that way I've got a break that's repeatable mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. I typically will look at the clock and go, okay, I'm going to give myself however many seconds. I'll watch the clock very intently while yep. I'm trying to calm my breath and breathing down. And then, well, I, it's go time. I, I got to get up. And, you know, but I will convince myself that I got a couple extra seconds in most <laughs> yeah. cases. Yeah. So finishing that one off, uh, we then had a transition time of maybe an hour, hour and a half, just, I think it was, just yeah, an hour. An hour. Um, and then we transitioned from CrossFit Bar Down to CrossFit Basin View. And that was wad number two um, at CrossFit Basin View. And the workout was, you guys remember it a little better it than was, I do. It was a heavy barbell complex. Right. So we were... Uh, we, we were deadlifting the bar up to a hang position and then from there we had to do two hang cleans um, so full squat in both cases uh, followed by a um, oh, no hang on yeah was, two hang yeah cleans, two hang cleans then then, the then a touch and go clean to the floor yeah. then shoulder to overhead right. then repeat, repeat all of that twice yeah, without repeat. setting the bar down yeah. yeah so that that's challenging because that's a long time under tension it is. Um, it's a long time to have your grip on the bar yeah um, and it was about so, a minute. Yeah. It was almost a minute. Yeah. That so the months. strategy that you guys used going into that, and, and I, I heard a lot of stuff going back and forth between people leading into it, you know, days leading up to it, because that was going to be the one that I think everybody needed to kind of strategize quite a bit Testing ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. You needed yeah. to know what your sort of max was going to be, because... The end result was this was an eight-minute time cap, yeah. and you were to try to get as the maximum amount of weight as you could possibly get on that bar. Yeah, and if you put that bar down um, for for any kind of rest at all, or you didn't complete the the entire set of the movements, that was a lost rep, and that's yeah. a hell of a lot of energy to lose no shit. on a lost rep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that was one of the real challenges is knowing knowing what weight window to be mm -hmm. in. Um, you know, you you kind of had to get 
for most people, when I was talking to them about it, um, everybody was kind of setting uh, like a 10, 15% drop from what they figured they were going to aim for yeah. as a safety. As their opening one. Just do an opening mm-hmm. to get a weight measured. Yeah. Give yourself a reasonable amount of break. Because in that eight minutes, you're only going to get two or three cracks at it. Maybe four if you're rushing. Yes. And rushing is inadvisable anyway. And there was very little of that. No, being, no. Being the guy that reviewed the score sheets and entered yeah. all the scores. Most probably got two, maybe I three. think the only one made it to like the fourth attempt. Yeah. But again, this was somebody who was in the scale division right. who was just kind of pushing themselves through very small increments of weight. Yeah. Um, but four attempts... And failed on the fourth one because yeah. they ran out of time. Yeah, and they may have started um, further away from what their ultimate max yeah, potential absolutely. would have been, yeah. where the more experienced athletes in the later divisions yeah. already had a pretty good sense of where they were going to land. Absolutely. And so they yeah. would they would be a little bit closer to that point with their opening weight. But it looked exhausting. Like I, you know, the worst, the absolute worst ones, as you described, is that, you know you get through the full complex on that very last shoulder to overhead. And you don't get it. That's up. exactly when like, I failed. Oh, it's like oh, it's so painful watching a few people get to that point and just like yeah. oh, just straighten your arms out and you're good. After but, hurting uh, my back on on the first workout, yeah. I knew I wasn't going to hit my max on that yeah. workout. I I originally said to myself I was done for the day. Right. Uh, and then I went over and visited the dudes at the Compex uh, booth right. there, and, yeah. and they set their magic machine on my back for 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. uh, I had put my put ice on my back for 20 minutes before that as yeah. well, so I was starting to feel like, eh, all right, yeah. you know, I'm not going to hit my max, but mm-hmm. I could at least register a score. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I did get my first lift, but, you know, it was well below what I think I ultimately could have been able to get to yeah. if I was healthy, and yeah. eh, it was fine. And what did you end up with? Uh, so I was going for 110 yeah. and that's what I got. Right. Um, yeah, wouldn't be, I knew that I had to scale it back a little bit and the shoulder to overhead at that weight was not hard. Mm-hmm. Mike kept saying drop and then I would just kind of drop a little bit, but then press it up. He's like, that was not dropping, <laughs> but it wasn't heavy right. for shoulder overhead. I was just playing it safe because my shoulder wasn't hundred yeah. percent, but mm-hmm. it was the squats that like got me at 110 yeah it, that was really challenging that touch and go clean the touch and go was oh tough God, stressful yeah because yeah, I, I again so you get in you start that movement at two hang hang cleans and you know you've got the adrenaline pumping then you got to go from those two hang cleans to just a quick drop down and then throw it up into a full clean yeah. That was a tough movement, and especially if it got a little bit heavy, yeah. those two hand cleans were going to tire out your your grip a bit. Yeah, it's when you got to that second touch and go that I saw a lot of people really struggle with that second full clean. Just trying to reset your grip in yeah. between those movements, yeah. for sure, is tough. It was exhausting. You know, you had some spots where you could take a break when you were before you did your shoulder overhead. You could take yeah. a couple seconds, stand there, get some breaths, whatever. But you know, the reality was was that you then broke up your rhythm. And I think I saw a couple of people really struggle. And in the end, all you're doing is adding to the time under tension, too. Yes. Exactly. Which really starts to wear on you, especially as you're getting heavy. Totally. Yeah. And then there was, of course, Cody, who just kind of blew us all away with 245. He was doing clusters. He was just, he did. Yeah, his first couple reps were awfully tight together. So, yeah, it was fast. He just squatted it and then pushed it overhead. Like, it was just one... It was impressive. It was was fun to watch and I know you got a video of it and posted it out and I was just like, because I didn't see it. I was in the midst of putting in scores. I kind of caught the tail end of it. Um, But I did watch... A little bit of cat and mouse between Alex and Rob. Yep. Rob just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> yeah. just to see what Alex was going to put up. Rob stuck a couple extra pounds on, and in the end, he couldn't finish the complex. But, um, but you know, all in all, it was that was a fun one to watch because now you really got that, you know, that game everybody's playing yep. um, and and just kind of keeping an eye on on each other it was really cool. It was yep. a lot of fun. I have no like I have no idea where a lot of the other people in my category ended up. You didn't I go back and look at the spreadsheet that no, I sent out? Oh. No, but all the way along throughout the day, I wasn't really paying right. attention to it. Yeah. So I don't know right. how, like, where everybody comes there was There was nothing. Yeah, there were no huge weights put up um, in the ladies, or what I would call huge weights. I don't. I think the highest was 135, Damn. and that was Hannah. Well, that's... 
that's Which still is pretty absolutely a lot for hugely yeah, impressive. I couldn't do that. So like no way. Yeah. Like she's super strong and super tall and all that stuff. So yeah. it was nice. It was. I actually remember catching the end of hers, and it was quite fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I think she actually. She. I think she tried to wait higher than that too. She did. Just wasn't I think she just it. tired herself out at yeah. that point. Yeah. It was great. Awesome. It was exhausting. Yeah. That was crazy exhausting. Yeah. yeah. And then we had about an hour. After that workout, so the first workout was at nine, yeah. uh, and we went till about eleven. Yeah. yeah. Then by twelve, we were starting at Basin View. That went till two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by three, we were scheduled to start at Osprey. Man, and we we were on track, man. Yeah. There was no messing around. I was around. skeptical, but it I didn't went think it was. I thought we were going to be super late. Like I figured yeah. we'd be done at five o'clock because everything would get delayed. I figured people would just kind of nonchalantly show up, even though we. You know, you say nine, twelve, three. Mm. People still, I figure, we're just going to stroll in at like three thirty and be like, "Oh, okay, let's get this started." Like, Despite our best efforts to say, "Yeah, be there fifteen minutes ahead of time" because we're going to have the athlete briefing. But people and all. always yeah. just kind of take it upon themselves to just stroll in. But yeah. and everybody was there, bang, bang, bang. So oh, then, yeah. yeah. So then we finish out Wad three at Osprey Athletics, and that one was. That one was, a, was yeah, it was a tough one. It was definitely you had to have a good engine to get through <laughs> that one. Uh, I'm just you can't was, you can't hear me out there podcast world but I'm shaking my head now. It was 30 reps no. across the board. Uh, started with 30 wall balls, then 30 uh, dumbbell snatches alternating. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 uh, box, box stepovers. stepovers or jumpovers, and interestingly, every division other than RX um, opted to step over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by 30 double unders, and then back through the cycle in reverse. So yeah. box jumpovers, um, snatches, and wall balls, all with a nine-minute time cap. Yeah. Uh, it was it was tight. Um, there were uh, mm-hmm. quite a few athletes that weren't able to finish. Um, they'd get to. I think most when they when they didn't finish, they were on the last movement or or mm-hmm. entering the last movement. For so sure, they, they, did they were real well. close. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then there were some other divisions where they finished with massive amounts of time left. I couldn't believe how fast these people uh, yeah. moved. Totally, yeah. just crazy. great engines on them. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it was a, it was a it was a workout that reminded uh, the end result. It reminded me of. 18.1 was that the one with all the dumbbell snatches in it mm. from the open yeah and the picture of the gargoyle all bent over and hunched over was mm-hmm. it 18.1 or 17.1 i, I might don't have been 17.1 what one i don't know what one you're talking it was dumbbell was, snatches. i think that was that, last year we talked about it your back was so blown up and yeah. all yeah. that stuff that he had the gargoyle dave castro oh, yeah. had the gargoyle picture and he nobody knew what it was but then all those dumbbell snatches ended up resulting in everybody's back killing them. Yeah. Anyway, that was the end result. Those 60 um, snatches really cooked your back. Yeah, and I didn't realize it until I... Well, I kind of, in my mind, I'm like picturing that skeleton um, video tutorial thing of like, here's how you do a dumbbell snatch. Make mm. sure that your hips go below right. your back, not the other way around. Yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. kind Because of, it was light. Yeah. It was a 25-pound dumbbell. Yeah. Again, light for what we're used to doing in masters, but the appropriate weight for if someone is having a shoulder issue, single arm things are pretty difficult. So mm-hmm. it didn't feel good on my left shoulder, but it was a lightweight. So then I didn't have to properly kind of, anyways. Ironically yeah. that, so <laughs> my eye as a coach, I, I was I was having a conniption fit inside my head because that's what I saw a lot of across yeah, the board. Because, yeah. because the weights themselves weren't in of themselves challenging yeah i saw an awful lot of people like basically rdling it up yeah and, right. and just going straight from the floor to the ceiling yeah. with very little leg involvement at all it was yeah. all low back yeah. and shoulders yeah um and so when when i did and you know i mean i'm 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 a coach but i'm not there to coach mm-hmm. i'm emceeing and i'm an athlete <laughs> i'm like yeah. So the, the couple of times that I saw athletes really doing the, the workout, uh, doing the movement really correctly, yeah. uh, I, I like anybody that was within earshot, I'm like, look at the form on that person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hoping that, hoping that. that people will take the hint. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
because I was expecting that a lot of people would have their backs blown up between that and the wall balls. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah. that, that's a deadly combination. Yeah, well, there was multiple people that came out of that workout and headed straight to Compex and said, okay, put that. It was great news for Compex, stim. that's for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. That's good. That put that muscle fantastic. stim on my back and just pound away at me because, yeah. you know. It, it, was, was, it was a rough, like, when your back starts to go in that spasm. Yeah. A wall ball is not what you want to be doing. Yeah. You get into that squat, you're like, I'm not getting back out again. Yeah. I think I had more no reps than I had reps in that last set of wall balls. And I just, I dropped the ball and thought about walking away. Um, <laughs> I probably should have walked away. And I'm like, I can't. In the end, I'm glad I didn't do that workout no. because with my back already compromised yeah. oh. and then the deadlifts in, in workout one and the cleans in workout well, two. Let's, let's be honest. There's the no reality, way I could have gotten through the that. The entire day good. was back I had a good exhausted. back until that workout. Yeah. I have not had back yeah. issues, knock on wood. And now... I got a roller. I'm rolling out like multiple times a day. But that was a got... very back-intensive day, right? Day, yeah. We had deadlifts. Then, you know, even toes to bar. Again, time yeah. under tension and that yeah. constant mm-hmm. bending and flexing of the of the at the waist. Yeah. You're inevitably going to overload your back because none of us have abs of steel that are going to totally flip those feet up without mm. too much difficulty. Some people have abs of steel. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, at, at, uh, at Basin View with the complex, there was, your back was constantly loaded and, yeah. you know, guaranteed you Compressed. were overarched a little bit because you're just trying to compensate keep the weight and yeah. compensate for the, for the heaviness. Well, the squats, so. if you caught yeah. it and you were a little bit forward, yeah. you were correcting, like yeah. that's and then, murder on your then back. Then you blew it up at, uh, at Osprey with all of that work. It was a lot of Yeah, I went directly to Compax. Definitely, definitely a, an emphasis on core stability for sure. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Um, the nice thing is with, with the, the way that the programming was across the three workouts, it was kind of, it was a good cross section of things that, that, really prove your your fitness level and, yep. and mm-hmm. um, a, a, a pretty good representation of the types of movements that we wind up doing in CrossFit that yep. contribute to your mm-hmm. overall fitness. For sure. yep. I mean, you've got, a, you know, little combinations of heavy lifting and gymnastic work, upper body strength, lower body strength. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty balanced. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, things that require uh, brute strength, like in the in the or or explosive strength, really in in the case of the cleans, yep. versus you know just brute force, being able to grunt work your way through a, a workout like workout three. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know it's a great combination of of movements to and have it, over the course of the day. And it was great to see you know there were a significant number of people who did this as their very first ever competition. Oh yeah, lots of first times, and that was awesome. You know they they were coming out of workouts high-fiving each other, mm-hmm. the love that went around that, the, all three boxes throughout the day. Um, it was really cool to see. I saw it from a bird's-eye view sitting on the outside versus, you know, when you're in when you're in competitive mode, regardless of whether it's your first contest or it's, or it's your second competition, you know, you really kind of, you get zoned in, you just, you're focused on what do I got to do, what's the next yeah. workout, that sort of thing. So seeing it from the outside was really kind of cool. I enjoyed seeing the camaraderie of, other boxes kind of supporting each other and things like that you know coaches from other boxes yelling in people's faces come on pick it up go 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 you know and and that speaks as we've talked on both of our podcasts about the community aspect of crossfit we're all there we're all suffering together um but we're doing it in a you know high five kind of way um but it was really awesome to see a number of people go through their first competition and come out the other side smiling going all right, what's next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's next is the Open, right? Yeah. So the CrossFit Open starts in... 30 days. 30 days. Yeah. So, you know, those people, I hope, had an experience that makes them not even not consider doing the Open. Yeah. Because certainly my first year, I was like, there's no way I'm doing the Open. Because <laughs> I had started in like January and then the Open was there. I'm like, yeah. I'm not ready for that. Yeah. Now, my personality was I could easily talk myself out of it. Yeah. The great thing that I've seen over the last couple of years, though, is that those first-timers get so much support from the people around them compared to when I was going through yeah. that, you know... Th- they all throw their hat in the ring. It's a great, it's a great introduction to the community. Yeah. Um, on, on you know, sort of two fronts, you get just the overall energy level and the level of support that you wind up feeling as a result of participating in something that everybody in the gym is participating in. It's, yeah. it's not limited to your class. It's not limited to what division you're in, etc. Mm-hmm. Everybody's there. Everybody's cheering. Everybody's supporting one another. Yeah. But the other thing that I found, particularly like my first my first experience with the Open, I I was injured, so I didn't wind up participating in the Open as an athlete. Yep. But I did 
complete the the judges course and this was before I had an L1. Yeah. I did the judges course and decided to participate that way. Yeah. And the coolest part of um, you know being there for the open was being able to meet all the people in the gym from time slots that I'm never around. Right. right. I was working out at 6 a.m. so I didn't have a clue who was in the 430 <laughs> in, in the yeah. afternoon class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, like I, because I was there so often, I might have some vague awareness of sure. who some of the other athletes were, and that's mm-hmm. about it. So when I was judging, I was I was regularly judging for people that had been doing CrossFit for years, people that had just started, yep. people from different time slots throughout the day. Um, and so it was an invaluable opportunity to really get to know the gym community. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was great. You know, it's... We've been through a couple of opens now, and mm. I think with the changes this year, um, we typically have a yearly um, vacation right around the time of the open, and I think we're going to forego doing the early one and wait for the later in the My year. My shoulder's one. not ready to do it anyways. Yeah, so some of the mm. movements like handstand push-ups and things, I wouldn't still wouldn't be. I, I don't want to jeopardize the long-term yeah, strategy. Right. But to your point, we're going to be there anyway, though. It's it's such yeah. a it's such a cool atmosphere. It's so fun to just be there and and see people push themselves in a way that they've never pushed themselves before. Yeah. You know, I've worked out harder in open workouts than I've ever worked out in a daily workout. Oh, for sure. Oh, well, yeah. for sure. Like I've fallen off of a rower because I just could not. That's it. I'm done. Yep. I taxed myself to the max. And I literally cannot get off of it. 17.3. I, had, I yeah, remember that working very well. My feet were still stuck in the things. I, did, I couldn't get up. Yeah. I came home and told Lena I thought I was having a stroke and laid down on the couch and passed out for about half an hour and then woke up and I was like, okay, I don't feel that No, you told now. me after. That oh, right. I didn't tell you. I thought I was going to have a stroke. So I laid down on the couch and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> mm, don't do yeah. that. Not that's, a good idea. That's the workout <laughs> I redid while I was in Orlando. I went to CrossFit Mousetrap. And did that workout for the second time because the first time I wasn't real happy with my performance. Crazy. I think I only eked about like a half dozen extra reps out of it, but no. hey, that was enough. That's right. Mm-hmm. It was enough just to move on. I the and the judging. I always decline to judge, even when they're like, "We need somebody right now," because I'm. Oh, and maybe this open, I can focus on it. But I get so involved in like what they're doing and wanting to cheer them on that I fear I will stop counting. So I don't want to let somebody (laughs) down. And that's why I have never volunteered to judge. Not because I'm like, I don't want to volunteer because I love volunteering, but I really, I don't know in that atmosphere with a lot going on and getting excited, I feel like I would lose count. You never know. So, but maybe for the open, if I'm not competing and I have no, you know, maybe it'll be different. It's fun. (laughs) The one, the one thing that I'll I'll say about the judging thing, particularly since I got to judge before I had become a coach is that it does, it's almost like uh, a, like a mini coaching clinic where, Mm -hmm. you know, every time a workout is released, you as a judge, you wind up having to be very familiar with what the movement standards are. And so you wind up looking at the movement with a critical eye that you don't necessarily look at those movements mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in, in your everyday uh, workouts. So, yeah, sure. you know, if, if you're not thinking that way, then you won't analyze the movement right. the same way. So it, it's kind of a neat little introduction to the mechanics of each of the movements, yeah. what the movement standards are, looking for the hip crease, yeah. passing below parallel, all, all of these things <laughs> that we kind of take for granted when we're actually doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Knowing that you have to look for that in order yep. to validate that one rep to get it counted. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's other movements where you can just, you know, yes. check out and all you have to do is count how many times the person's yep. feet land when, when you're doing doubles. Although that, <clears throat> that scares me because I know I've been miscounted many times with that's, double yeah, unders. That's the, that's the challenge. So it's got to be difficult. To, Not easy. Yeah. But speaking of volunteers, too, back to the Battle of the Basin, um, certainly all the volunteers made it work well. They made it run smoothly you, you as well. You can't do an event like that without people giving yeah. up their time. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. There was there were judges always there when you needed them. There was a couple of boxes, certainly, where there were judges that never left the floor. They were there the entire sort of two hours, just yeah. next person in, next person in. So. Yeah, and each each of the boxes recruited uh, their own judges, and then that that group of judges was supplemented as needed on the floor, and and it worked. Yeah, it worked. It was it was a hugely successful event, and hopefully, all we can do is just continue this on for a number of years. You know, this is year one of the official Battle of the Basin, and 
and we'll certainly uh, we'll work hard to keep it rolling. You know, yeah. as organizers and people who try to support um, CrossFit in this Bedford community, and hopefully um, in the future, maybe it'll be an even bigger event. Um, yeah. So we'll keep everybody posted in future. Yeah, I know one of the things as going into it as an athlete. Um, one of the things that I didn't do very well leading up to it was planning day of stuff. Like, right. I, don't, I don't know how you felt about it, Atlanta, but... Um, oh, I was planned. With, with I was the, prepared. <laughs> yeah, I, I, try, I tried to be prepared. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, so having three workouts at three-hour intervals made, you know, planning when to warm up, mm. when to eat... Um, when to, uh, you know, apply the Compex machine to, yep. <laughs> to your back so that you can stand up straight, yep. stuff like that. That yep. Those things are always challenging, and, and it's a moving target from one competition to the other because they all have their different yep. schedules. Yep. Um, you know, Morgan, uh, one of the coaches at Osprey, was our, our on-site coach for all the athletes mm-hmm. at Osprey and did yep. a great job making yep. sure that because we weren't paying attention to that shit, right. she was. Yes. <laughs> so she was cracking the whip saying, you got to go warm up now. You can't just be standing around. Right. Like, yeah. You know, your, your heat is like eight minutes away. Like, yeah. get get moving. She wouldn't give us the eight-minute warning. She'd give us the 30-minute warning, and right. then she'd still yeah. be, she'd still have to harp on us because we still yes. weren't doing it. Because you're standing right. around chatting with somebody or yeah. whatever else. Yeah. For sure. So, but yeah. I think all of the all of the gyms, to their credit, too, did a good job of providing a good warm up area. Yeah, you know, certainly. Oh, it was great compared yeah. to. I haven't been to a lot of other competitions at other boxes, but you got a proper warm up at every gym. It yeah. didn't feel rushed. There were the right weights and equipment. Yeah, that was key for me to feel mm-hmm. comfortable going out at the yeah. you know at your heat time. I felt properly warmed up for all That's of good. them. Yeah, um, it, was, it was great. And Rob had put out on our internal page the, here's what you should do, competition day. Right, each. Yeah. I literally printed, surprise, I hate, my, <laughs> I hate myself for even saying it. So I printed it, I wrote in my food, I circled, there were food choices, I circled them in, I put in what time I was going to eat them, um, and I, I kind of followed that to the T. Touches of chicken. I can still picture Isaac's input. Just touches of chicken. So when I was eating my chicken, I'm like, oh, that's a bit more than a touch. I'm going to leave that now. My, my day before nutrition, I think I did better on that front. The day mm-hmm. of, I knew it was going to be tight time-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I pulled myself out of competition, then I was like, ooh, I get to have a beer this yeah. afternoon. I don't have to work out. So Let's it eat. was fine. You had um, to eat on schedule because you, re- oh, yeah. you couldn't wait to be hungry because who's hungry after working out? Yeah. And what to eat when? I literally just followed that, and it was fine. I never felt sick. I never felt really tired until right before the last workout. Um, but that, for me, having that plan and having it written down and just going back to it, so that I didn't have to think about it during the day, works for me. Yep. But I think that's a critical thing to think about. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, gets caught up in oh, what's the workout? What's the wad? What, what's wad one, two, three? Yeah. And nobody. Not nobody, but a lot of the times people lose out because they don't plan out the, what's in between. Yeah. There's got to be some rest time in there. Yeah, there's got to be a little bit of, you know, a um, little bit of stretching, a little bit of mobility work because you got another two workouts coming down later on. And you got to get some food in you, right? Yeah. Because you guys are going to keep taxing your system. And if you're not replenishing, then the you're right going to crap out. At the right time. Yep. And your warm up for WAD 3 is entirely different than your warm up from WAD 1. And yeah. To be, I would not be able to think of that during the day. I'm following a plan. And some people yeah. might just be the opposite. Be like, I'll see how I feel that day. No, not for me. I, mm. You can vary from it if something comes up. But So I really appreciated that. It's, yeah. it's definitely nice to have a plan going in. And I mean, mm. the, you know, the reality is because we're doing CrossFit on a regular basis, you could, all, to a degree anyway, you could probably be relatively prepared for the workout itself, mm-hmm. um, whether you knew it ahead of time or not, yeah. mm-hmm. but you know, knowing when when to eat, when to warm up, yeah. what areas of the body to warm up yeah. relative to the workout, those are all things that if you have an opportunity to plan it, then it's time well spent. Yeah, totally. Yep, for sure. For sure. So, what did you do the day before? Uh, for for me, it was a lot of last minute prep for all the non athlete stuff that was going on, which was right, right. part of the challenge because yeah. you know I was helping with the marketing, getting mm-hmm. the social media stuff going on, helping yeah. with the organization. I was a sponsor, 
Um, so I, I wound up with uh, a lot of extra duties that, that kind of took my head away from the athlete mentality. Um, but I still made sure that, um, you know, I, I prepared at least some meals or, or, or snack food to bring with me. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that I had nearly as much food in me um, leading into the workouts as I think I ordinarily would if I had um, not been like working the mic in between mm -hmm. movements as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, that, that was, that was certainly one of the challenges. I think if I had to do it over again, if I'm going to be the MC of something, I should probably just do that. And mm -hmm. that way I can, you know, really, Yeah, but I think we had a, we had I mean, a it was good. It, it was, it was good, but I, I did find that, um, because I was thinking about that, I wasn't thinking about nutrition, yeah. right. for example. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I was fine for the workouts themselves. Yeah. Um, but whether or not I fueled myself adequately so mm -hmm. that my performance wasn't impacted by that, right. I don't know. Yeah. But then again, I went in injured, so one way or the other, I kind of have something that was going to pull me back yeah. a little yeah. bit regardless. Yeah, so. I don't know. There, there's just there's there's a lot of different things to balance. I think um, you know the day before, ideally, you know you just you settle you settle in on what your goals are. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that that was the thing that I started thinking about a couple weeks out because fortunately, you know, we, the the workouts were released with more than enough time for us to practice each of the workouts a couple yep. of times, yep. um, and which was critical for workout two in particular to yep. know what what weight you wanted to hit. Mm -hmm. um, but then as as I got to the day before, I could kind of adjust those targets in my head yeah. and um, know what I what I felt was realistic on the day of. For sure. Yep. So it was kind of a week long prep too, like just thinking about, you know, no booze, going to bed on time and waking up at the same time. Like Yeah, it's never just the day before, that's for sure. Yeah. I definitely yeah. you know, when to when to work out, what rest days to take, not to work out too hard right before. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was but I, I don't know. I really like planning. So it, I almost enjoy that part as much as the competing, just to feel like you've, you know, you, you've got a plan and you're on track and you're following. Could we say that she could make a pretty damn good coach for most people? I would think. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, I like, to, I like to follow other people's rules. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I think like you, could, you could lay out some pretty people. darn good plans for people, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I think you could. Anyway. Maybe one day you'll get your own one. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. I have thought about it, but... Do only, it. only a matter of time. Yeah. Do it. When I have time. When I have more time. <laughs> yeah, right exactly. now, I yeah. just have enough time to work out myself. Just me. So it would take away from me working out to coach, right? Because sure. if you look at the Oracle over there, the, <laughs> the fridge calendar... Um, Not a lot of space there. Yeah, your, no. di your division of labor is probably pretty stretched already. It it's, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. And the gym takes a back seat for me more often than it should, but that's just Well, your work schedule yeah. doesn't really allow for you to go as much yeah. sometimes, but... It's been a bit of a challenge, but here we go. That's we're... okay. We're still fitter than we ever would have been that's right. to not at all go. Yeah. Absolutely. So... Well, with that, guys, I think uh, that's probably it. We're at about 45 yeah. minutes already. Um, so let's wrap it up. Uh, any final thoughts on Battle of the Basin? What did you, know, what did you like? What, what, do you, what would you like to see back again? What are your thoughts there? Uh, I don't just, I don't know. Just uh, nothing really repeated other than being on time and well no. thought out or whatever. Yeah. But um, it was good. I said after... Um, fall classic at Kinetics that I was not going to do an individual competition again and then a month later I signed up for another individual competition so obviously I do actually like doing them um, but I like what you learn what you take away um, I took some things away that I'm going to work on towards the next one and um, yeah just looking forward to it it was it was a lot of fun it was yeah. probably the most fun competition um, that I've been in, probably because of the people that you were surrounded by. Yeah, sure. Even when Kate McCulley kissed me after my workout on the cheek, I'm like, oh, Kate, I need some space. But yeah, that makes me feel good. She knew that I was crusty and not feeling good about it, and she came over and just muckled onto me. There you go. So it's those types of things that you're like, yeah, this community is pretty awesome. In no other setting would that be acceptable. Or you'd get, you'd have walk away with a black eye if you did that to me in That's my right. real life. But it's true. Yeah. Unless it was me. Then it's okay. You might walk away. Uh, you gotta pick your time. <laughs> yeah. <Guaranteed. laughs> 
And what were your thoughts, uh, sort of final thoughts uh, on the whole event and moving forward? Any? Uh, I, I, I thought it was, it was um, really, really well done. It was very well received. I mean, you know, you don't have to look a whole lot further than the athletes and the volunteers to get a sense of how successful an event was. Yeah. Um, you know, I really didn't hear complaints. Um, all I heard was people volunteering positive information mm-hmm. about yeah. the event. Um, totally. You know, staying on time. They mm-hmm. liked the workouts. They liked the atmosphere. They appreciated, you know, every place they walked into, they felt welcome. Mm-hmm. And that, that extended to friends and family that came to watch, too. Yeah. Um, which is great because, you know, they don't always get to experience the community the same way we do either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was nice that, you know, there was there was enough room to pack them all in yeah, uh, in sure. each of the locations. Yeah. Um, each enough. gym being just so different from one another physically. Yeah. So yeah. it was great. Like each, each of the gyms was set up um, very appropriately for each of the workouts to yeah. ensure that there was adequate space for the workout, for yeah. the um, the the vendors and spectators yeah. um, to have some spaces. Um, so yeah. the, the sponsors, those that were on site had a little bit of space and they were mm-hmm. able to work their magic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the athletes had lanes where they could compete safely. Mm. Yeah. Know, that was more important than anything. Yeah, for sure. It was, yeah, it was a great event. So, um, all we can do is hope that it gets bigger, better. Yeah. I don't think it can get much better actually. I think it was really fucking good yeah. no and it, it probably realistically it probably couldn't get a hell of a lot bigger in, in the no, end either I mean true. it's it was it was a good size to match up with the size of each gym's respective community yeah um, we packed as many lanes into each mm-hmm. box as reasonably could fit based on the programming available mm-hmm. like Basin View certainly has a little bit more square footage to play with Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was a heavy barbell workout, yeah. um, spacing people out was a, was a very appropriate and safe thing to do. Yeah. So we wound up using a little bit more space for each lane as a result. Yeah. Sure. That worked very well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think the, the other two locations, Bardown and Osprey, had slightly tighter um, requirements for their lanes. But the workouts worked perfectly for that environment yeah. as well. So, yeah. you know, it, it probably just requires some smart programming to to do this same sort of thing again keep the variance um Mm -hmm. in place um for each of the gyms to offer a completely different workout Mm -hmm. to challenge the the athletes differently next year um but yeah there's no reason that this event couldn't continue for a really long time and have you know kind of the same relative size and Mm. be successful yeah um, For sure. And the only way it could get any bigger is to have a, a separate venue, and that's a whole yeah. separate can of worms that I'm sure none of the box owners are eager to open. No. So. And you get your home box advantage, at least for one workout, right? Like, yeah. it, you still felt comfortable in the other boxes. Oh, and, and there's an to atmosphere, back, too. Yeah. Like, you walk into an actual CrossFit gym rather yeah. than a giant... Like, I mean, when we went up to um, Moncton for uh, the Blizzard beatdown a couple of years ago... Like, it, it was fun. It was really exciting. Mm-hmm. But we were in, like, uh, a hockey arena that didn't have ice in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had a, a rig that was brought in that was attached to a giant pole and a truck on the other end. It was very <laughs> cool. But it lacks the atmosphere that a CrossFit gym right. just right. has. Yes. It just it oozes that kind of, yep. that kind of environment. Yep. And, and you miss that when you don't walk into an actual yeah. CrossFit environment that, that is a box day-to-day. For sure. Um, so there's a different energy level that we were able to get by moving everybody around to each of the different yeah, boxes. For sure. There's one thing that I will put in as a request for Battle of the Basin 2, yeah. and that is that the running scores that get recorded for each individual, those individuals are representing an overall score for the winning box Mm. top box so you can still have your individual categories men's scaled men's men's masters blah 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 and your you can have your podium set up for those right but one gym walks away as the champions i disagree i like it that way (laughs) i think we have to do it that way why because we're just all have you not listened to the podcast (laughs) we're in minute 51 and we just said how awesome it was that there's not that there's none still of that. needs to be one box winner. Oh, gosh. That might, that, admittedly though, that might change the vibe a little. Yeah. But uh, the the, <laughs> the other component to that that I know was at least one of the factors going in for this year in particular, anyway, because it was kind of the, the pseudo first year for this yeah. event, um, is that 
really when when it comes down to it if not all if not all three boxes are able to put in exactly the same number of athletes that's mm-hmm. a good point across all divisions yeah right. then it becomes challenging to declare victory for one box yeah. over another based on what athletes and they've that's why to i'm not the overall organizer <laughs> of an event like this john and i are like no <laughs> no Vito. i'm not the organizer i'm just the dj you're guy not welcome back fun next tunes. year now if you had like in HRM, Bedford versus the North End versus Dartmouth or something for fun because no one knows. Right. Yeah. I mean, still then maybe, but I wouldn't want to put any divisors on Bedford. Okay, I'm an idiot. I got you. You're not an idiot. You just <laughs> you should think before you speak. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. You said that before that you thought that that would be. It's a cool idea. Have a the, the, box. The, the putting it into practice is hard. That I think that's really what it comes down to. Bigger events with a lot more people registered probably have an easier shot at it than a smaller event, unless there are very, very specific criteria to allow you to determine yeah. whose scores count for their box. How it's weighted, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But uh, I'll accept that. But definitely <laughs> note it, because you know, it's not, it's not that we weren't thinking of it. It was, you know, yeah. it's like, good God, how do we do this and not piss people off? Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. It's a little and bit of friendly rivalry. We're not gonna we're not gonna rumble in the parking lot afterwards. You know what I mean? But uh, oh, and and one speaking thing. Speaking of parking lot. Speaking of parking lot and speaking of rumbling afterwards. Shout out to the guys at uh, Off Track. Uh, they hosted a little after party at their place. Had some pizza. Had some beers. Oh, we took over the joint afterwards. It was, awesome. it was awesome. As always, those guys are amazing hosts. And you know, if you've if you've if you're listening to this and you you live in the Bedford area and you have never been to Off Track Brewing, get out there. Check it out. Um, it's at two seventy five Rocky Lake Drive. It's on the back side of our gym. Um, check it out. It's a great spot. Yeah. We don't share many hours, so you probably can't drop into both at the same time, unfortunately. Okay. Come come to our community class at Osprey on the weekend, and then go for a beer at lunchtime. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wrap it up. Good. Wrap it up. <laughs> That's right. it. Um, until next year, guys, when we do this whole thing again, we mm-hmm. will be your wrap-up crew, and we will review again in 2019. No, we'll be doing 2020. it in 2020. Did we do it? Yeah, we did in June. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's losing it. Yep, perfect. <laughs> we'll talk to you next year. All right. Awesome. Cool. Hey guys, for this episode, I thought I'd throw in a, a little extra nugget. Um, uh, I, I just listened to uh, Chris Spieler's podcast uh, with him and Doug talking about the new CrossFit.com and the direction that I'm sure everybody in the CrossFit community is talking about to some degree or another. Um, the the notion of uh, pulling back from the emphasis on the elite side of CrossFit and focusing on these interventions in the living room with mom and dad, um, you know, it, trying to head-on address uh, the um, quote-unquote crisis in healthcare globally um, with uh, people just generally not having a degree of fitness that then winds up contributing to uh, decline in old age uh, that, you know, otherwise if, if we were... Uh, much more active, much more fit, we'd be able to stave off that eventual decline. Um, and I think that's that's the premise, uh, it seems, uh, that Coach Glassman has uh, adopted as the general message with the new version of CrossFit.com. It's not that the elite athletes are not being addressed. It's not that the, uh, the workout of the day being posted on CrossFit.com isn't in of itself challenging. I mean, they've certainly had the CrossFit total appear in there in the last couple of weeks and several other really challenging uh, movements, maybe a little less emphasis on barbell work. Um, but, you know, that it takes time to really establish much in the way of a pattern. But what I thought was really interesting in the Icon Athlete podcast was this whole discussion of, you know, is, is that overall direction uh, positive or negative? And I, I think generally speaking, um, uh, both Chris and Doug seem to, to suggest that it was um, a, a, a positive direction, but with the caveat that, you know, it's, it's not one size fits all. And I think that's ultimately what those of us that are uh, doing CrossFit on a regular basis are, are, we've, we've been seeing that on a, on a daily basis. Anyway, we know that not everyone can perform exactly the same movement to the same standard. That's the whole idea of infinitely scalable. You know, the idea of performing functional movements, uh, at high intensity, 
and varying those those functional movements on a regular basis, some of that variance also means um, being able to scale those movements so that they're appropriate for the athlete in question so that they can continue to make progress. We're not all aiming for a 300-pound snatch, but what we are looking to make is progress with each of the movements that we use, and those movements vary from day to day, week to week, month to month, and, and so on. So, you know, I think from my perspective, um, it to me, the direction that CrossFit.com is taking makes perfect sense. Uh, I'm not really sure yet how it jives with the overall direction of the CrossFit Games and the, the, you know, the impact on those elite athletes is more substantial than it is on any of us. Any of the, any of the regular uh, athletes that just go into a box for their fitness, for their health, um, I don't think the change in direction really changes anything on a day-to-day basis other than the you know the message is maybe a little bit different. It's a little bit more in tune with what the CrossFit boxes were already doing anyway. I think the vast majority of CrossFit box owners and CrossFit coaches recognize that their role um, continues to be to just bring better health to the athletes that come into their gym every day, and that better health is measured on a different scale depending on which athlete you're dealing with. Uh, but ultimately, it's to move the needle in the right direction for everyone that comes into the box. So I, I'm really interested to see the direction that that uh, CrossFit.com winds up taking over the next several uh, weeks and months, particularly when we get into the open and we see um, just how that shift winds up influencing the messaging that comes out during uh, the open. Um, it, it's always been very accessible. It's always been about everyone can do it. Everyone can participate. Uh, but it, it's pretty clear the signal is there that that they're taking that uh, everyone message very, very seriously. And, and I, for one, as, as a coach, an athlete, a marketer and communicator, I think that's encouraging. I think there's some really interesting things that are going to come out of that. And if that means, if that, that message of accessibility means that I can get my mom into the gym and she's, she's actually talked about it, uh, recently, um, you know, absolutely everything will wind up being scaled for her. Um, she's in her seventies and, and, um, you know, it's, it's been some time since she's done any real degree of physical exercise. But that is what we coaches are supposed to be prepared for. We're not supposed to only be able to service one particular type of athlete that comes through the door. We're supposed to be adept at taking the the foundational movements that are used in CrossFit and adapting them to every athlete that comes in the door. And so I, I relish the challenge. I enjoy working with athletes of different levels. Um, it, it means that I have to be more attentive and I have to uh, make sure that I'm thinking about the movements um, in a more critical way and looking for different ways to make those movements as accessible as possible. And I take cues from lots of excellent resources online, from different athletes, different coaches that post uh, different videos and, and information about how to scale movements and different create, creative different ideas on how to make those movements as accessible as possible. And I try to adapt those, try them out myself, try them with athletes and see what works and what doesn't because it's going to be different with every athlete just the way as it is with every coach. So, you know, take a look at what CrossFit.com is is posting lately. Um, I, I think the uh, the new direction and the new messaging um, is going to make CrossFit seem maybe a little less scary uh, to people. And to the people that are in that elite mindset, I don't think it's going to slow them down one bit or, uh, at, at all. Uh, they're still going to be lifting crazy weight and crushing times on uh, key workouts like Fran. That, that's what they were going to do anyway. I think ultimately it, it opens the door just a little bit wider to the people that don't have that mindset, um, make things a little bit more accessible, a little bit less scary. And if it gets them in the gym, introduces them to the sport, introduces them to um, you know getting into CrossFit in the first place, then that can't be anything other than a positive direction for CrossFit as an organization and for the affiliates that serve that market. All right, that's the show. That's it. I uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, the banter back and forth, talking about what this competition was like, um, what our favorite parts of it were, and how much we're looking forward to doing something like this again. Um, if you've not tried a, a CrossFit competition, um, don't let fear or, or any kind of nervousness set you back and, and, and hold you back from taking on that experience. Um, the, the CrossFit competition world is... 
No, I mean, you know, unless unless you're a truly elite athlete where the competition really starts to get fierce, for absolutely everyone else, the, the 99% of us that are doing CrossFit, just to feel healthy, to be fit, have fun, get some exercise in, be part of a community, that that's exactly what the CrossFit competitions are like. It's an opportunity to, to expand your community, to, to get to meet people from other boxes that are um, largely going through the same things you are, they're, they're in the hunt for the same kind of fitness level and, and uh, you know, everything that they're trying to get out of that experience in the gym and how it's impacting their everyday life outside the gym. So when you get an opportunity, jump on it. Now, there's no better opportunity than the one that's coming up. In a little less than a month, on February 21st, the Open. Uh, the, it's a worldwide online CrossFit competition um, where everybody gets to kind of measure where they are with their fitness and compare it to the previous year, compare it to the next year, and more importantly, get the entire community together and have a blast doing the workouts, cheering one another on, getting an opportunity to meet people from different times that go to your gym that, that you never get to see because you don't cross paths. You're a morning person, they're an afternoon person or vice versa. So it's a great opportunity to get to know the community in your own box. So if you have an opportunity to participate in the open, even if you know if you're if you're uh, injured and you have to scale everything, that's fine. Still participate. Or if if just participating in the workouts is something that um, either you're not ready for or you've got an injury that would prevent you from participating uh, at that level, then participate any in in a different capacity. Become a judge. You know, there's the online judging course um, that teaches you the the basic framework of what the movements are. It's a little like um, learning uh, to to look through the lens of a coach, looking for the pattern of movement that's required for each of the uh, the different uh, components of the workout. And more importantly, just be part of your community during that time frame. There's always need for volunteers to help out, to set up for the next workout, um, to come in and, and be a part of the community. Come in and cheer. Uh, come in and cheer your, your uh, fellow box athletes on in, in their efforts because, you know, even that small thing, that one little contribution that you make adds energy to their workout. It's, you know, it's, it's like, uh, the, the same way that, you know, the last person that's finishing a workout in your class, you're cheering them on, you're, you're celebrating their success and getting to the end of the workout. Just amp that up a bunch of times more. That's what the open feels like. It, it's very accessible and it should feel very comfortable for absolutely everybody. And if, if you're out there and you've never experienced a CrossFit community uh, workout, if you're, if you're a person listening that isn't actually into CrossFit yet, I'd encourage you to look for your neighborhood box and go check it out during the weeks of February 21st all the way to March 25th because it's a weekly competition. Uh, and the workouts are released on Thursday. They're commonly performed on the weekends leading up to an end-of-day Monday uh, score submission deadline for each of the athletes. So very often those those boxes are just hopping from Friday night all the way through to uh, Monday afternoon so that all the athletes that are registered uh, and even those that aren't that still want to try the workouts are performing the workouts uh, in order to get their scores registered and, and get paired up with the judge to complete the, uh, the competition workout. So check it out. Drop into a box. Uh, experience the community for yourself. Uh, and hopefully... Tune in next time for another episode of the Box Jumper Podcast. Uh, be sure to to check me out on social media. Uh, the username is at BoxJumperOver40, and that's 4-0 rather than spelling it out. Uh, and of course, you can check out BoxJumper.ca for more fitness-related stuff. I'd love to receive an email from a listener. You know, give me some ideas. Give me some topics that you'd like to hear me talk about. Uh, keep in mind that not only am I an athlete, but I'm also a coach, both on the CrossFit side and uh, the weightlifting side. And, you know, I'm just generally interested in what the CrossFit community is is into at the moment. So if there's a topic that you'd like me to pursue, then by all means, send me an email. So info at boxjumper.ca. Um, and, you know, uh, write me a review if, if you uh, see fit. You know, jump onto iTunes, um, give me a star rating, and if you can, describe for other people why they would enjoy listening to the podcast, because they're going to take your word for it over mine. So, that's it. Until next time, what happy, what often.